You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fit, but they had faith in you. And you. Welcome to another episode of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Fantasy Baseball Podcast, also known as the Palazzo Podcast, two L's and two Z's. Today's show, Deary and Govier hop on unexpectedly because they want to talk about the ball. It's musical chairs with the baseball in Major League Baseball for 2022. Hell, it's been going on way before that. So we'll talk about the ball and the damage that could be happening on multiple levels to players and gamblers alike. Also, we'll talk about some of the hot starts and the slow starts and which one of those players needs to be given a little bit more time and which ones need to go. All of that and more on another doozy of the Palazzo Podcast. Take it away, boys! Utah! Yeah, me too. Okay, look, now we're back on the air. We were just doing the Prospect Show, and now it's me and Deary doing the regular full episode of the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Connect with the Discord, connect with the Patreon. We got a lot of cool stuff going on in the Discord. People are really in there with questions about all kinds of stuff, lineups and daily starts, trade offers, a waiver wire pickups. It's not just me or Deary at all, really. It's all these other guys that are doing all the work. So I want you to get your asses in there because you're going to want to be a part of the Discord. You can find it at the top of the Twitter feed, which is Palazzo Podcast. Give me two. Two L's, two Z's. Deary, uh, we haven't, didn't do a show last week, which is stupid. That's my fault. I take full responsibility <laughs> for that. I was, uh, at the tig- I was at the Tigers game. You, oh, yeah. So you yeah. Yeah. were at the Tigers game. game, which was one of the, the longest games on earth. Was it that long? That no, it wasn't. No, the day before was. That the series day before was, weird. was like The day before was like four hours. That, that one wasn't that bad. <laughs> do it party every night says charlie yeah i guess we'll try to party every night it's been a while i missed you man 
Hey, all right. Look, people missed you, dearie. They want to see you. See, so tell us about your experience last week at Comerica Park. It was the Wednesday game, right? This was the day before. A lot of people thought Miggy might do it. He actually came close. You could have seen history that night. Well, yeah, I mean, it was Tigers-Yankees. Obviously, my wife is a Yankee fan. We talked about it the, the week before. I'm like, hey, we got to go to one of these games, and I think Wednesday might be the best shot for Cabrera to get to 3,000. Thursday was going to be a day game, and I was like, he's got a good shot. You know, he was like six away when we were talking about it, and then the Sunday game against the Royals was canceled, and I was like, fuck. I'm like, that kind of screwed us. So we're like, <laughs> all right, well, we got, we got great tickets. Someone from her company gave us four seats. We we're 15 rows behind uh, the Yankees dugout. We go, and we're like, all right, Cabrera's four away. Maybe he gets two hits tonight. He starts the game three for three, and we're like, oh, shit, this might actually happen. So he got Damn! back up and got, got back up in the eighth, um, and he struck out. But it was pretty cool. I mean, there was nobody there. I mean, it was, pretty, it was probably, you know, 10, 11,000. There wasn't a ton of people there, which was really interesting. And then Was it cold the- that night? Oh yeah, it was it was super cold. We had our we had our hand war hand warming warmers. We had tequila in the parking lot. We were doing everything we could to stay warm. And uh, yeah, it was it was a nice game. Of course, Tigers lost. Oh man, the Tigers lost. That's surprising. You don't see that. I mean, last <laughs> night they played so well. <laughs> last yeah. night they were was, a, was an embarrassment. Last night to close that game. I know Gregory Soto walked two guys, and it looked bad early. But he started to get it together, and it looked like he was maybe going to pull himself out of it. When Miguel Sano bended one. Hey, what's up, Erdio Twenty One? Welcome to the show. He bended one to right field, and Robbie Grossman takes the worst line on it, and it goes off the top of his glove. And then he gets the ball in, and then Eric Haas throws the ball into right field, costing them the game. Like he didn't even throw it; he like flicked it in the air. <laughs> It was a bad. There was, it was there was so many issues on that play. One, if you're Grossman, you know as an outfielder, your first step is always backwards. It seemed like it wasn't backwards. He still could have caught it. And then the Twins base running blunders. Two guys easily should have scored there. But then one guy gets held up, and then there's a guy running over to third. Haas has the ball, and it's like, okay, run back, run down to third. And then they get this guy running back to second. And then Haas just doesn't even set his feet. He just, like, flicks it with his wrist and just, whoop. Right over into left field. There's nobody out there. And he apparently was like, oh, I was all nervous because nobody was covering home plate. The pitcher should be covering home plate or the first baseman. Whatever, motherfucker! Fielder needs to run in. Everybody needs to run in for the pickle. And it's just like, what a fucking terrible way to lose the game. I don't blame Soto. I mean, he didn't have his stuff, but they should have been able to get out of that. Um, they wouldn't have been in it if Baez didn't hit that three-run home run. It was, it was funny. It was our, awesome. Our, our boy Raj Castillo said he had all these notes written down and everything. He just tossed it away. He was so pissed. Man, what a yeah. So the Tigers got issues. It's obvious that their defense is really letting them down. It, and I've seen weird plays all across baseball. I really have. I I've seen bizarre plays with other teams dropping infield flies and weird shit. So, I mean, I'm not going to blame the Tigers exclusively, but their defense is going to be a problem. And I want people to know this because it's beyond the box score. You always hear the cliche, beyond the box score, inside the numbers. You know, what you see in a box score for Gregory Soto is a loss because he had two walks. So you're like, oh, man, he must have really been wild. But he did respond like he was trying to fight back. And that's what I want to see out of a closer is someone who's going to fight back and stand in there and he seemed to be doing that until the defense let him down so take note of that don't panic if you have Soto I mean he only has two pitches anyways so he's not some <laughs> guy who's going to give you like a, a repertoire of hey well, look at that bender look at you know he's not going to freeze people with breaking stuff he's just going to try to blow it past people and hopefully they guess wrong and if they don't you know it might not work out so 
Michael Fulmer lurks in the shadows, too, as a possible replacement at some point. But I don't think there's time to panic. As of right now, closer situation with the Tigers, it's Soto than Fulmer. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But it's just like when you have a defense that's that bad. I mean, really, Baez is, you know, an average to above average defender. When Derek Hill's playing, he's a good center fielder. But the corner outfielders are terrible. Meadows is a below average left fielder. Grossman yeah. isn't that good. Uh, Haas should not be catching whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, he's he's in there he's in there for his bat. I mean, Barnhart's a good defensive catcher, but he can't hit hit for shit. Wow, you know? dude, it's just frustrating because you know when you when your defense is that bad, it's going to really put pressure on your pitchers to be able to strike guys out and get out of innings. Because if if errors continue, you're leaving your pitcher, and it can end up into big blowups. So uh, yeah, to watch here in yep. Detroit. Oh, Eric Haas is who he is. And you want me to change? Fuck you! He's not changing. There's no doubt about it. And Marty says, Marty's our local Detroiter, too. Marty writes at Fantrax. He's at Triple Play Network. Make sure you follow Marty. He's a great follow. He's one of our local Detroiters. We got to go to a game with Marty. We got to go to a game with Marty and Raj and, like, Chris. And there's so many other people in the Detroit area here. Uh, guys I met in Vegas last month who are local Michiganders. The Tanner Bell, Dave Chauvin, and on and on and on and on. We got to get, like, a big crew. It would be a lot of fun. And Marty says that five straight balls to start... For Soto last night was brutal, and yes, that is brutal, and nobody's was gonna. Wild. I mean, he was he was ready to go. It's time to say bye to him. He would have he might have got pulled at a certain point there if bye, he, if he didn't pull it off, but uh, he didn't have to worry about that because the defense screwed him. Anyways, that's it on the Tigers. Jamie says, "Hey, you have too many channels on the Discord." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yes, we do. <laughs> Every time I think of it, I'm like, "Oh, well, we got to have a one for closers. Oh, we got to have one for trade review, and then we got to have one for Yahoo only leagues, and then." Only ESPN leagues, and it's out of control. I really, really need to slow it down. So It's going to get worse. Be prepared. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah, there will be more. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Helmut's here. What's up, Helmut? Good to see you, my friend. He wants to know, speaking of Detroit, what's up with Badu Deary? This is, uh, you know, you really liked Badu coming into the season. It's early. Of course, it's fucking early. But he wants to know, is that a trade target? Should we be buying on Badu now? Or are you worried that... It's, you know, Riley Green will come back here soon eventually. He's not going to be – Riley Green won't be here for at least six weeks, bare minimum, right? So it's not like it's impending. What do you think? I was all over Badu, and then once the Tigers made that trade for medals, it kind of made Badu the odd man out. And, yeah, because I was expecting him to bat near the top of the order. He's at the bottom of the order. You know, if he's not getting consistent playing time, he's going to struggle. He's always had struggle against lefties, but he's not barreling the ball up whatsoever. Hasn't been able to get on base to get any swipes, but – that's the whole fucking Tigers offense right now. They can't do anything. But uh, if you have Badu, probably hold on to him for now, unless there is anybody that can you know replace him that that has better value, which I'm sure there's tons of guys. But you never know. Maybe he breaks out here soon once this ball starts to heat up. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you never know what ball they might get next. I mean, if Badu gets the good ball, he has a good game. It could change everything, right? Yeah, whiff, wiffle ball, rubber ball, softball. What kind of ball you want to play with? Hey, player's choice. There's dealer's choice. How about the pitcher decides each inning what ball they want to use? So every time we'll have a meeting before the inning starts, it'll be the umpire, it'll be the uh, starting pitcher, or whoever's on the mound, and then the other managers will come in and be like, all right, well, let's all agree. We'll take a vote. Majority rules here. Which ball do you want, A, B, or C? <laughs> that could be cool. Different colored balls, red balls, purple balls, blue balls. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, let's start making the – let's put advertisements on them and everything, and hopefully it doesn't slow down, you know, the, the flight on the ball. Jay Eldridge, what's up, Jay? Says, or not enough. I never know which Discord channel to use. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, there's not enough. That's hard to believe. But yes, the Discord's bumping. And thanks to guys like Jay and Jamie and Charlie and Jared and everybody, the Russell. There's so many people in there. It's a really, really useful source. I think people are actually using it to ask questions about their teams for waiver wire pickups and trade offers. It's good to get feedback from people instantly. It's nice to have like a war room. It's your own personal war room for your fantasy team. That's a good thing. So check out the Discord on the Plaza Podcast Twitter feed. You can go there right now. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, boop, boop. give me two. And of course the Patreon if you want to take it up another level. But yes, the baseball, dearie. Uh, yeah, we got. I guess we got. I know you don't really want to talk about it. You know. I said, calm down and shut the fuck up. What's the problem? Well, go, there's go, a problem. Go ahead. You got a. You got a vent, man. Well. Uh, <laughs> okay. Look, I'll, I'm going to save it for this because I want to talk about Badu one more moment here. So, so the the bottom line is: Would you try to acquire Badu now? Would you try to do that? No. No. No, I don't think really? you need to trade for him if he's on someone's roster. He's probably going to get dropped. Okay. I, you know, it's a long ass season and things change and he's off to a rough start and he's not playing. That's the other thing too. He's just not in the lineup very often. You look at the last five to seven games. I think he's played three times, two or three times. That's not great either. So it seems like it's really becoming platoon esque. Which I got to give a shout out to Dave McDonald. Uh, Stand up and shout. He was talking about Badu being a platoon bat with Haas and when Green was going to be there. So it looks like he might be right on that so far, but. I wouldn't give up on ES just, Deary. You saw Badu as a player who could provide steals. 2020 season's easy. He had the power last year, and he's still growing. So I, I think, uh, you know, second half, we could be talking about Akil Badu being on fire. We really could. Yeah, I mean, a lot's going to change when once Riley Green is healthy. But, I mean, Riley Green is going to need at least a month in the minors before he comes up. And there might not even be a reason to rush him up if the Tigers aren't in any type of race. It may take an injury for him and Badu to get some playing time over here. Go Tigers! You know, Grossman's starting to play a little better. He's he's up that batting average a little bit. I mean, Meadows isn't going anywhere. You know, Meadows has been frustrating. He's batting over 300, but he hasn't hit a home run yet. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it in home runs, dude. Come on. I mean, the Tigers offense. All right, that's it. No more Tigers. Talk. Tigers. We're stopping. We're stopping here. But overall, in baseball, I think it's the Rockies lead major leagues in homers and taters right now, which is impressive. It should be shocking. CJ Crone is crushing the ball. Anthony Rizzo had three home runs last night. I think they used the new ball in the Yankees-O's game last night because Rizzo had three bombs. He's got eight on the season. Anthony Santander went deep. and they, There was three teams last night that scored double digits in runs. Mm. Which is, I'm like, oh boy, I'm going to talk about the baseball momentarily, so hang tight on that. But in the meantime, I want to give a couple quick notes and say thank you guys for following us and being a part of it. Uh, business time, I'm, I'm not going to skip the, I'm not going to do the business time because I can't get to it. And there's so much I wanted to do. And we kind of do the show on the fly because we really owed you guys an episode. So we don't really have a rundown. We usually always have a rundown and there's no show rundown out here. So we want to be honest with you. Keep it real. Come correct. And just tell you the truth that we're here to talk baseball and we're going to talk about whatever comes to our mind today. So it'll be a little bit more free form. But I will mention that I'm trying to do Govier's guys on the Patreon every night. So every night I scour in the box score and I give you a whole list of guys and performances I think are noteworthy. And I'm putting it out hopefully seven days a week. I miss a few days here and there. I admit that. But that is something that I think is... It's pretty useful, and it's worth the Patreon if you are so inclined. I know inflation's up. We've all got money issues. It's like, oh, God, why, God, why? 
you know, it's hell on earth right now. I get that. I totally understand that. But I just want to make sure that you guys are aware of what we're offering there and make it worth your while. We never want to take advantage of you. We're just trying to offer something that we think can be useful to you and worth your time and money because we're not here to take advantage of everybody. Well, everybody. We're trying to take advantage of anybody? I don't think so. Wait, we're trying to take advantage of everybody and anybody. Okay, I got it. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're trying to take advantage of everybody and anybody. So, no, check out the Patreon. It's a lot of fun. All right, Jamie wants to know, I asked about a comparison of Julio Rodriguez and Mondesi this morning. Who would you keep or drop? <laughs> oh, you, did you really ask that? I mean, I guess in a league that's shallow, that might be a possibility. I play so many deep leagues, that just would never happen. But Mondesi got hurt recently, Deary. It doesn't look like it's a serious injury. Should be okay. But he's not hitting out the gate either, kind of like a Cuba do. He stole some bags, which is fun. And Julio mm-hmm. Rodriguez has stolen more bags than Mondesi, though, because he has six deals. I think he had four last week. What well, I so, think Mondesi's only gotten on base six times, but he has five steals. Um, and, you know, Rodriguez, it's been strikeout issues. But he's, he's starting to heat up. He's starting to get uh, more hits. He had a really nice uh, two-run double last night. Um, you know, he's only batting 200. But I, I think he's starting to get a little more comfortable. The strikeouts are going to be there. But, hey, those steals are great. I mean, he's he's on pace for, you know, 25, 30 steals, which is fantastic. And that, that, that Seattle lineup is so much fun, especially with the way Ty, Ty France is playing. Oh, dude. Okay. Now, Deary can totally back me up on this. I mean, Ty France is here. It's looking like the big breakout could be happening. He was the AL player of the week last week. He would have had it all to himself, except that Miggy got his 3,000 hit. So <laughs> yeah. that was the only reason he didn't get it all to himself. Ty France has been our guy for a couple of years. Both of us have, have loved him. I wasn't able to get many shares for him this year because it, it was just like in that pocket where like I was in need of something else or people scooping him up too quickly. So I have zero shares of Ty France this year, which is what just sucks. Just sucks. I had so many shares of him last year. Oh man, that is a bummer. I'm sorry to hear that. I, I talked about, I walked into that auction room when I was in Vegas during an auction draft at the Bellagio during the NFBC's big weekend last month in March and somebody bid seven bucks and one Ty France for seven dollars. I was like, what the fuck? That is a great deal. Seven dollars for Ty France when like the big studs are going for thirty, thirty-five dollars. I just thought it was a I couldn't believe it. I was telling everybody that day, like, Can you believe Ty France went for seven dollars? And nobody really <laughs> responded to me, like, Yeah, that's cool, I guess. I'm like, dude, that's that's gonna be huge. It's it's going to be huge, and you're seeing it right now in action. His back control is elite. He's not going to steal bags. That's fine. I don't care about that because he's going to hit for an average. He's a guy who can give you a lot of hits. This is a guy who could lead baseball in hits. He could, and the pop looks to be there. He's really putting a lot of juice on a ball that is supposedly dead right now, which is mm-hmm. I think the only mystery we thought about was how much how much power could we get out of Ty France? Could he have a 25 home run season or not, you know? And it looks yeah, like we he knew could. He- we knew he was a guy that had the capability to bat over 300, but his hard hit rate is the best of his career. He's barreling the ball up really, really nice. And he's going to have a shitload of opportunities for RBIs with the yeah. way that lineup is working. Even like, like Jesse Winker has been terrible, but, but Winker will still get on base for you. You know, uh, Adam Frazier is going to get on base for you. So it's such a fun lineup over there. I know Hanniger has been out uh, for a little bit, but yeah, Ty France, he's here. I mean, he's not going to strike out either. That's the thing that's, that's just gorgeous about him. He's got 11.4% K percentage right now, which is easily the best of his career. I mean, he's career 18%, wow, dude, still pretty good, but 11%, amazing. just amazing. And he's always been a high BABIP guy. So, you know, there's no outliers there. Uh, absolutely love it. 443 OBP. If the power is there, he's got five right now. If the power's there and he can hit possibly 25, 30, that's going to combine with, 
over 100 RBIs, which makes him a really, really solid find this year. Oh, yeah, you know it is. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I wanted to officially give an answer on Jamie's question, though. I feel like I didn't answer it. For the record, I want Julio Rodriguez over Mondesi right now. Julio's going to figure it out at the plate. He's going to start crushing the ball eventually. And as long as he can provide the steals and he gets on base with occasional walks like he does and drives in a run or two here or there, he's just more consistent than Mondesi is in his career right now, believe it or not. So... The called strikes have been insane. Like Julio Rodriguez has been totally. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, I was watching last night and it was like, it's almost like he expected a couple strike three calls to happen that were out of the zone. He was just like, looks back at the umpire, just waiting for it to call, be called because it's been called so much on him. I, I, I feel like some of that is going to even out. I mean, he's a guy who, you know, is a massive talent, one of the top three prospects in the league. And, you know, I think he only has one or two home runs, but I think the power is going to come. And uh, what I really love is he sprays the ball to all fields. He just smokes the ball. So uh, with those steals right there, I'll take him over Mondesi all day. You go fuck yourself. Hey, I don't think every umpire should be told that. We saw Angel Hernandez and what happened with him and Schwarber last week. That was legendary. That was basically what Schwarber said. You go fuck yourself. Yeah, I thought he was, was going to hit him. <laughs> Schwarber was fucking furious. He he actually made the effort, though, to like not get the bat. He threw the bat down, and he didn't get that close to him either. He was pissed, and as rightfully so. Everyone knows if you're new to baseball and you've never heard this before, Angel Hernandez is a turd. He's not a very good umpire. But that's life. You know, that's always going to be the game. So I actually don't get upset about it because that's just how it is. <laughs> it's, it's just been like this what, for. You know what you're getting from them. Pitchers, yeah. pitchers, pitchers love it. <laughs> yeah. Hitters, I mean, damn. yeah. LeVon Hernandez, you know, he made a career off of it. Thanks to Angel Hernandez. I wonder if they had a side deal there back in 97 when that crazy ass Braves game happened. Anyways, uh, let's get into leading off. Okay, and leading off today, it's real simple. I want to talk about the baseball. Yes, the baseball is not fun, so I guess it's the first catch of the day. Good. Our first catch of the day. I guess. Deary, tell people why you don't really give a shit about this baseball stuff. <laughs> because I have no control over it. Mm. I have no, it's, it. It's like the same thing with the sticky stuff. I mean, there's going to be enough other people that are going to bitch and complain about it, which I get. Like, you should be, but, like, I can't waste my t- time doing that, man. I got too many other things to worry about. That's fair. I mean, you could say that about a lot of things, and then, you know, just let you can let us handle it. We'll handle it for you, Deary. How do you feel about that? <laughs> that that's just fine. That's just fine. I'll let everybody else deal deal with it. Um, genius, just, genius, how, how genius. Is this, how is this happening? How is this allowed, though? I don't understand. Like, things are just being changed midseason all the time. Having last year with the sticky shit. Okay, now I'm getting amped up. Calm down, Deary. See, Calm see down. look at this. That, I, maybe I do see, care. <laughs> Yeah, oh, wow, it's possible. He wanted to ignore it, but he couldn't. He tried so hard. Look, the problem is it goes to the integrity of the game, which is everything with sports. You have gamblers betting on this stuff. It's it's not just like a, a, a secret anymore. Gambling is part of the mainstream of every sport. It's on every commercial, every five fucking seconds. Hey, get your uh, get your money match, but DraftKings, they're FanDuel, you know, uh, points bad, uh, MGM. It's everywhere. It's all of them all the time, and it's part of the game. So, if the baseball is unclear in like how much more it's going to travel, how much less it's going to travel, how much drag it has on it or not, when's the new baseball showing up? For which month is it? Start at the top of the month? Does it come every fifteenth of the month, like a paycheck? Like what the fuck? 
<laughs> it's it's absurd. It's like it's like in the uh, in college basketball, they use different balls based on like whether it's like the Big Ten tournament or the the major tournament. But like, yeah, has this always been going on, or is this new? Like that's like this that's is my new. question. Like that's my question, and like they're not even attempting to hide it. <laughs> I think it's new because they're talking. The players. They're oozing out of them. They're having comments about it that they can't ignore anymore. And they've always had access to the media. And I know we've all seen Bull Durham in 1988 where cliches were part of the game back then. It was standard issue. And no player ever said anything honestly. That's actually not true. I thought a lot of players were more honest back in the 80s and 90s and stuff. And things got weirder when even more attention and more social media and the internet rose up and took power, creating a constant source and spotlight on players. So I don't think that's what's going on here, but the players are saying it themselves. A helmet says humidor in all parks. Now that's fucking up the balls too. No, he, I'm not saying no. He's saying too. No, that's part of the question for those of you listening to this. Yes. Humidor is in every park. Now it's universal. That's not a secret either. We all know that, but I was listening to somebody talk about it on one of the broadcasts, you know, MLB TV watching it. Thank you, by the way. Deary for that. Deary's always... Deary's taking care of us. He's Papa Deary on the MLB TV. And I can't remember which broadcast it was, but they were saying, you know, those humidors are really having a big impact this year. And that's all they were focusing on. It really started to piss me off because, yes, it certainly has an impact. But the baseball is different than it was, I don't know, last September. And it was different before then, back in... May, in April of last year, but also a year ago, I put this on my Twitter feed as well. One year ago to the day, on April 26th, people were bitching about historically low offenses in 2021. April 26th, I think it was uh, Boog Shiambi who posted a tweet that I retweeted about it. It was dated April 26th, 2021. Historic lows in offense, is it time to panic? Well, now we're having the same question a year later. Like, people forgot where they were a year ago. We, people need to remember where we were so we can know where we are. That's all. So this is not news. I mean, what's not news is that the offense is struggling, but what is still going to be news to me, Deary, and I know we can't control it because we don't work for MLB. We don't work for the MLBPA. We're not involved with baseball. We just talk about it and analyze the game because we play fantasy, but it's very much just an uncomfortable feeling to not know and when you're Chris Bassett, who I'm going to play a clip from in a second, you get hit in the head by one of these balls, and it seems to happen more and more frequently, like closer calls, and then he doesn't know which ball it is each inning. Uh, you know, that's that's serious shit, too. I mean, if people's if safety's at issue here, which I don't know how changing the balls means you're going to get hit in the head more often or not, unless it was super juiced. That's true. But right now, the ball's not juiced. Supposedly, it's dead, so... I don't even know if I'm making sense now. I, I, this is how confusing it gets, Deary. It, it does matter. It, it, it's all it's all just theories about what may happen once it starts to heat up in some of these parks and what the humidor actually does to the ball. Uh, does it make it less dry? Does it does it add some stickiness to it? We they really have no idea until we get to warmer weather all across the board and whether that's going to help the the ball at all. It's certainly not bouncy right now, though. <laughs> Bouncy. I mean, sure. Bouncy. Anthony Rizzo has eight home runs, but I think his average distance, at least in Yankee Stadium, is like three thirty because he hits everything to right field and he barely gets out. Trash. Yeah, yeah, that's total trash. What a shocker, though. No, I'm not surprised at all. Yankee Stadium sucks. The Yankees are good though this year. The Yankees are a team 
that I I uh, have some fantasy interest in. I actually do. And Rizzo, if he hits 35 home runs this year and he can hit 280, that's going to be a nice, nice boost because he was going ADP of like 160 to 180, even down to 200, I think. So well, good for you people that picked him up. I have zero shares of Rizzo at all because I just I felt like he was declining because last year was a full season and it was yeah. a chance for him to prove himself in New York and he wasn't able to do that. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a fantasy yeah. baseball analyst. And it seemed like the Yankees wanted nothing to do with him. They didn't sign him until really late. I ended up trading him in the offseason for Julio Urias in one of my leagues. And, you know, Urias has been okay. He's five scoreless today, but he's kind of been struggling to get through innings. But uh, I would sell high on uh, Rizzo right now. If you have him, I would try to mm. sell high and maybe scoop up some guys that aren't performing that will eventually start heating up. Oh, bye. Okay. Uh, Charlie says, isn't there more issue with the race stitching causing more drag? Yeah, that's definitely part of it because that's the baseball being changed. More stitching adds to drag, uh, reducing that drag and reducing the stitching. You know, a couple of years ago, remember you, Darvish was bitching about he couldn't grip the ball at all. The mm-hmm. stitching was so low. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows what day it is? Let's hear what, uh, Chris Bassett had to say last night, I just respect the fuck out of people when they come correct and they talk openly and honestly in a public forum about what's really going on. And uh, Chris Bassett now is, I'm a super fan. I already liked him a lot. I love him even more now. Yeah, um, it's it's extremely annoying to see your teammates constantly get hit. And if we get hit by certain pitches, it's, it is what it is. But to get hit in the head, the, the amount that we're getting hit is... It's unbelievable. Um, I had some close calls tonight, um, which I've been hit in the face. I don't ever want to do that to anybody ever. But uh, the MLB has a very big problem with the baseballs. I mean, they're bad. Everyone knows it. Every pitcher in the league knows it. They're bad. They don't care. The MLB doesn't give a damn about it. They don't care. Um, we've told them our problems with them. They don't care. What are the problems with them? What's different about them? They're all different. The, the first inning, they're, they're, they're decent. The third inning, they're bad. The fourth inning, they're okay. The fifth inning, they're bad. Um, then we have different climates. Every, everything's, everything's different. There's no, new, there's no common ground with the balls. There's nothing. Nothing the same. Outing to outing, they're bad. What can be done to fix that? Well, there you go. That's the, uh, that's the nuts and bolts of that one. Chris Bassett is telling you exactly what it's like to be a pitcher, to player, who gets onto the field every day, doesn't know what to expect, doesn't know matter what inning it is, and he just said it verbatim. doesn't know what ball he's getting per inning. I mean, that would... Deary, think about that. If you were a major league pitcher, no matter how good or how bad you were or what your status was on the team, what is the commonality of the whole game is that we all know the rules of the game, or at least we try to. We know how the game is played. We has a ball and there's a bat. You throw it. You try to hit it. There's a strike zone, which again can be subjective as well. But we generally have an idea of what it is. And if you don't have an idea of what what the equipment can do, I mean, that's equipment is one of the most standardized things that you have control over as the creator of the game and the uh, the admin of the game, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody may have different types of bats or sticks in hockey, but like. The hockey puck is the same. The football is the same. Yes. Why is the baseball not the same? And then you look at what it leads to. Bassett was talking about, you know, players getting hit. The Mets have been hit more than anybody. Lindor got hit in the face. Uh, Alonzo has been hit in the head twice. 
you probably didn't see it today, but the bench is cleared in uh, St. Louis and New York today because, uh, again, Alonzo got hit again, and then they threw up high against Arenado, and bench is cleared, and guys got thrown out. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Damn it, I've just been... I uh, just did a show before this. I missed it. Oh, there's so much to catch up on every day. Damn it. Okay, I'll make note of that. But the bottom line here is, why are we talking about this? And, Deary, you know, <laughs> your point is probably fair. It's like, we can't control it. There's nothing we can do about it. But we certainly have to bring in awareness. So we're just a very small-time, middle-of-the-road fantasy baseball show. You know, we have a couple hundred subs on YouTube. And, you know, the downloads on the podcast actually are pretty decent. Uh, but... You know, nobody cares about us. And if we never said anything at all, would it change things or would it not? I don't know. But I'm just not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here if we have the opportunity to talk about something that is so important. And especially because a few days ago, some people were trying to make it like it was news that a baseball might not be what we thought it was. We never knew what it was. Last year, we never knew what it was. Why would it have changed in 2022? There's no consistency, and that's a big issue. Baseball don't give a fuck about it. They really, really don't. When I say baseball, I mean MLB. I bet there's front office people that care a lot, and there's managers that care a lot, but the owners and the presidents and the super, super, hooper high-up people that are in control and are really more distant from the game and focus on the business side of it, which a lot of them do, they could care less. I really believe that. I don't think they have any interest in trying to make sure there's consistency or any conspiracy. And in fact, they might prefer to have this debate. It's kind of like talking about the college football playoff. You know, like the football playoff has four teams, right? It, that's why they do it. They want you to talk about it, and they'll make a, each week's rankings to be more confusing or controversial for one week, even though at the end of the rankings, when they're all said and done, we know it'll be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and some other team <laughs> from the SEC. But during well, the mean, season, they try to make it bigger. The, I mean, the last few years is when we've gotten the most rumblings about this, but we just don't know when the ball has changed of, until like the year later. Oh, it changed in June. But well, like we see Bassett, the data. It takes a month, though, at least, I think, to see the data first. Yeah, but Bassett brings up a, a crazy point. He's like, yeah, first inning, the ball's great. Third inning, it's not that great. Seventh <laughs> inning, it's the worst ball ever. Ever, It's like plastic. It's like shiny. It's insane! It's, it's so crazy. So, big props to Chris Bassett for speaking up. Other major league players need to continue to do this. Hitters need to do it. Pitchers need to do it. They need one uniform ball that is not being manipulated throughout the season. We're not just switching balls out constantly. It's it's absurd. Because you made a great point. Like, people are playing fantasy People are gambling, but also like major league baseball players. This is affecting their stuff and their statistics. And that's yep. based on their statistics is how they get paid and what type of contracts they're getting or whether or not they're going to get released. Yeah. You just, wow. If you're Chris Bassett, you want to hear from MLB. Answer me. You yes. do. You want to hear, you want to hear response. They're not going to most likely, but dear, you just really nailed probably the most salient point of all of those they can suppress stats, which will reduce salaries. That, <laughs> that is really nefarious and absolutely something that would happen in my mind based on what we've seen mm -hmm. and know about Rob Manfred and everybody else on the MLB side of ownership. That is real, and that is scumbaggery at its finest or its worst, depending how you look at it. But it's certainly, certainly a legitimate point that I mean, you've seen salaries. The media salary has gone down over the last five years. That's a fact. So where's Tony Clark on this? Have we heard anything from TC? I don't know. I, I guess. Yeah. I don't even heard much from the MLBPA or Tony Clark. I think, you know, he just kind of 
he knows that they don't have a lot of power. In fact, <laughs> MLBPA used to be known as one of those powerful unions, blah, blah, blah. But nowadays, after what happened that last CBA too, which I basically think they totally biffed, they didn't really get anything that I thought they should have gotten in that deal of note. I really don't. So I don't know how you could trust Tony Clark. I don't know how you could trust MLBPA. I don't know how you could trust anything anymore. Everything around us is shit and nothing will ever be good again. <laughs> yep. Okay, Baseball. let's move on. From, that's okay. it. So that's the points of the balls. If you're trying to make decisions, guys, on your rosters, good I'd luck. be very weary. Yeah, good luck. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? I, you, pitching is in abundance right now. Let's be clear on that. I st- I said it going into the season. I thought starting pitching depth was massive. I'm pretty sure I said that on the show once or twice g- during draft season. And that is proven to be true based on the slow offense. I know April's the weakest month for offense. So historically, that is a fact. But then with this ball being even more deadened with less drag, eight feet less per flight, supposedly, that makes it more difficult for you to decide, hmm, maybe I should hold on to this hitter who is so bad right now because it could get better. They could bring the fun ball in for May. Right? <laughs> the, the fun ball. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are that are struggling that consistently have been guys who hit the ball really, really hard and are, have gotten off to good starts. There's some guys just absolutely falling apart to start the season, which makes it tough. I mean, obviously, you're going to wait on a lot of people, but, like, you don't want to end up at the dungeon of your league and having to make up ground the rest of the year. So if you're in a league with trades, like, it's really, really interesting to see what you want to do, whether you want to hold on to guys looking deeper into stats to see maybe how hard guys are hitting the ball. And maybe they're just getting a little unlucky. Maybe try to scoop some of those guys up. Like I was looking at Cattell Marte the other day. I was trying to see if I could make a trade for him. He's not doing anything. He's not walking. He's not hitting the ball hard. He's just hitting lazy ground balls. And it's really concerning. I wanted to throw a trade out there, but I'm just like, I'd probably just try to trade shit for him. (laughs) Trade him anything (laughs) of value for him. He's not doing anything. No, you're right. That's a fair point as well. I, I just think these offensive players that you're worried about right now because they're having a rough April, and I'm talking about guys who have been around that you probably expect more from, you need to probably hang on to them and just kind of tough it out and maybe make some shrewd moves on the waiver wire and fab bids for now so that you can get by because right now the Anthony Rizzo, I guess, is the number one player in baseball according to my home league stats, which is an OBP league, so he's ranked number one. Here's the top five players in my home league, which is a five-by-five Head-to-head categories league with OBP instead of average. Anthony Rizzo, Ty France, Seiya Suzuki, who is, dearie, he's so legit. He's he's incredible. He's great. I did not expect this right away. I thought I thought he'd have a chance to be a really really good player, but man, he's just he's unbelievable. That that OPS is over a thousand four home runs. He's got a steal. The Cubs have been putting up some big numbers in some of their games. He's batting three twenty seven. This guy looks like a star. Yep. I am completely with you there. And I, I agree. I actually thought, well, I don't know. Suzuki could be decent. I didn't really draft him much other than in a couple of my keeper and dynasty leagues. But in, in redraft, I did not get him at all. And I wish I had. That's my bad. Then it's uh, Manny Machado fourth. And Jazz Chisholm rounds out the top five. He's stolen four bags, four home runs, 15 ribbies already. And uh, he looks like he's ready to take it up a notch. At the same time, though, I would be a little concerned about Jazz having an outage. Like, cause, and some of these players are going to slow down because they can't mm-hmm. be this prolific either. Uh, any player here in this top five that you already said you would think about trading Rizzo, you're not going to trade Ty France, right? No, I wouldn't trade Ty France. I'm kind of looking at my rankings, which are similar because this is also an OBP league. Um, 
Jazz, I was not into at the start of the season whatsoever. Now they've moved him back up to the top of the lineup, uh, mm-hmm. which is really encouraging. He's going to bat at the top of the lineup, and he's going to have a chance to steal 20-plus bags. I mean, you're probably holding on to him. I don't know if you want to trade for him. Maybe you can. Maybe you could trade for him, but it's like the highest value right now. Yeah, that's a good point. It is the highest value. So, I mean, all those guys, those are some of the top, studs and other random names beyond the top five because i want to i want to cover this because it's gonna be me it's gonna be me it's it's gonna be it's gonna be may it's gonna be may yeah there it is i forgot about that we did that last year i should have done that sooner um we got may here in a couple of days and i firmly believe this because it's just a it's to me it's a certainty in baseball there's something about the flipping of the calendar. There are people mm-hmm. that suddenly when it's May 1st, they just they start hitting or they start pitching better or they digress. They start to have – there are months where players are good or bad, first halves versus second halves. I don't have the data in front of you to rail, you know, rail it all off to you right now, but it does happen. There's players that get excited by a new month, and they're like, all right, here we go, and they just start hitting. The, the thing is, is you look at these like top 20 guys and most of them are veterans. I mean, you know, Jose Ramirez is in there. You mentioned Manny Machado, Arenado's off to a really nice start. Uh, Wander Franco has four home runs. You know, we all thought the batting average and, and uh, no water, you know, no strikeouts would be there, but he's got four home runs. He's smacking the ball pretty hard. Buxton, goddamn, this guy just needs to stay healthy because he's just an absolute beast when, he, when he's out there. But, you know, Francisco Lindor looking like a really nice bounce back, but yeah. Be interested to see, like, as you said, like May always seems to be the month where people, where guys start getting going. It, it starts to mm-hmm. heat up, you know, look for guys like, you know, Trey Turner to start pop, popping it over, over the wall. Uh, Bichette's off to a slow start. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Bichette so, had that yeah. grand slam the other night. That was big. So, yeah, that was half his that RBIs was... he has on the season. <laughs> it was. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was a big hit. And by the way, that Jays Red Sox series, that's an intense series in April. It's really exciting. I've been watching those games and I'm totally pro Jays, of course. I'm not going to root for the Red Sox. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, all the Jays got to do is just get to the Red Sox bullpen and they're golden. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Uh, by the way, Deary, did you want to, I never heard back. Did you hear the uh, the new Hype Train song? I never got your feedback on that. So Hype Train song, what? The yeah, the latest song I did. So. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that one? The DNR song. You did your best <laughs> Axel. You did your best Axel Rose impression. Uh, I tried. I get yeah. a. I get a. Give it a six point five. Oh okay. I thought it was pretty good. I was pretty happy with it. It's good. I I didn't yeah. hate it. I thought it was good. Well, if you want to hear it, it's on this channel here under the playlist songs. I do parody songs here and there. I got a new one I got to work on. I have the idea. It's ready to go, and I'm very excited about it. So I'm hoping I can get that one debuted by the end of the week. But, of course, it takes time to set aside and actually record it, and I got to write the stupid lyrics for it. So, uh, Jasper. You're going to do the Macarena? <laughs> Macarena? I still don't know what they're saying. Macarena? What are they saying? No, I know that part. Yeah, that's easy. It's in Spanish. I know, but like, still, there's Spanish songs where I, you know, <laughs> Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad. I know that one, right? Yeah, sure. So, Feliz Navidad, Vos Peros Años Felicidad. Ah, shit, I'm sounding like an asshole right now. I sound like the biggest asshole ever. Yeah. It's gonna be May. It is. Okay, so here it is. Uh, uh, Macarena, Macarena, 
Que tributo a las veranas de Marbella. Macarena, Macarena, Macarena. Uh, I don't know. I can't. I'm an idiot. I sound like a fucking moron. Anyways, uh, Vampire Weekend say a tribute song incoming or outcast. Boy, I don't know. Do you know what that means, dearie? Yes. Charlie, I'm an idiot. I, I guess I don't know Vampire Weekend that well. Is there a song called Saya? Or, oh, uh, Saya! I see what he's doing with Outcast. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I, I, I don't know that. about Vampire Weekend. I, I used to like them, their first couple of records, and then I... Oh, I they were all right. Uh, I got the Outcast one. That's, I like that's the Outcast one. Yeah, that's, that'd be Saya. tough to do. <laughs> Jasper wants Saya. to know, what's up, Jasper? Love you, Jasper. Hope you're doing well. Jasper, I don't think I've seen you in the Discord as much. Get your ass in there and start talking to us. Benintendi for Marte. Now, I assume this is Andrew Benintendi for Cattell? Starling? You, you, you got to give us the Marte clarity, dude. Come on. It would have to be Cattell. You're buying low It wouldn't here. be Starling. Yeah, it wouldn't be Starling. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Benintendi for Cattell Marte. Yes or no? In a vacuum. I think I'd do that. So yeah, I'm giving I mean, up Benintendi and I get Cattell Marte? I'd probably uh, do that. Benintendi's off to a hot start in terms of average. Uh Stolen bases. He's got no stolen bases right now. Um, you know, they're they're similar when it comes to like strikeouts and walks. You know, they're two guys that aren't gonna really strike out a ton, you know, historically. Benintendi's only got one home run so far. Yeah, I, I'd probably try to pull that trade. Yeah. You know, Cattell Marte could be more powerful and they'd want to trade him too, I think. I, well, although they did sign him to an extension, so maybe they don't want to trade him. Maybe The Diamondbacks are a strange team in a way. They beat the Dodgers last night 5-3. I watched that game. The Diamondbacks are not going to be the same team where they were able to be fed upon, absolutely feasted upon by the Dodgers and the Giants last year so mm -hmm. that each team could have 106 and 107 wins. That's going to limit win potential for both those squads because I think the Diamondbacks, they're going to win 75 games. I really do. They're going to be tougher. Than we expect. And the Rockies are good. I mean, I know it's crazy. The Rockies are kicking butt. Coors. They're really playing well. And yeah, I know they're, they're struggling just, a little bit in Philly right now, but. Well, yeah, I mean, over over to the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are 7 and 11 right now. They're losing 1 nothing to the Dodgers right now. But Zach Gallon looked pretty good today. He went six strong, only gave up uh, two hits, um, no earned runs. Yeah, that's great. Oh, Charlie says uh, playing off Yahay may not be the best fit i digress no charlie you're hey never stop being you keep giving us the ideas you never know what's gonna pop uh jamie says modesty just head to the il yep well there you go so now modesty's <laughs> on the il that's not a surprise nikki lopez season guys nikki lopez season Mathidi came out the other day and or i think it was earlier today and said he probably wasn't gonna head to the dl lies <laughs> nikki lopez i mean nikki lopez he's not gonna pop the ball over the fence but he can give me some steals yeah yeah you're right you're damn right nikki lopez Right now is a good pickup, especially in OBP leagues, especially in OBP leagues. Okay, we already saw that comment. All right, uh, we got to wrap up the show soon. Jerry's got to go, so we got a few more minutes. I want to continue to talk about these trends we're seeing with players. And right now, Jose Ramirez, for example, of the Cleveland Guardians, has zero steals. Hmm. Uh, that's no reason to panic. Just chill. He'll get it going. Steals can be strange sometimes. Uh, the Cleveland offense has been really impressive in the first three weeks of the season. They cooled off a little bit. Last night, your guy... Deary, full credit, Patrick Sandoval looked dominant last night against Cleveland. He went seven innings, nine Ks, two hits, zero runs. Sandoval has not given up an earned run on the season yet. 
Yeah, Impressive. he's got one of the most ridiculous changeups maybe I've ever seen. I mean, it was the highest strikeout rate of any pitch in the majors last year, and it was uh, credit to my guy Chris Towers over at CBS. Uh, he's been the champion Sandoval all off season. I got Sandoval in as many leagues as I could, and uh, you know there, there was there was control issues in the first couple starts, but he still looked good, um, and he was able to get through five. And last night, you know, it was just he was just fooling him last night. It was really nice. I was. I was watching that game against Cleveland because I also had McKenzie going, and McKenzie had six strikeouts, but Trout hit a monster shot on him, and uh, you know Mike Trout's looking really good too. Yeah, yeah, he's swinging a great bat. He's uh, yet to get that elusive steal, though. Everyone's on bended knee or pins and needles or whatever you want to call it on the edge of your seat, waiting for that first steal from Trout. Will there be well, ten like, steals this year? I don't know. Well, it's like back to Jose Ramirez. I'd like to know how many opportunities he actually had to get a steal because the way he's just raking the ball, it seems like a lot of doubles and home runs right now. That's a great point. That is a really great point. Just because you see a high OBP doesn't mean he went to first base. He could have skipped first. So do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Yeah, he went way beyond that. You're right. That's a good call. Trout's back. Trout is healthy. He's always usually healthy. He's had some bad luck over the last few years. He even got hit by a pitch and we freaked out, but that's fine. He's just mashing. And with him... And Otani and Rendon and Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward right now. First off, Taylor Ward is a guy the Angels want to get in the lineup seems every day now. And I think Joe Adele is in big trouble. Joe mm-hmm. Adele or Brandon Marsh are going to lose out here because it looks like Taylor Ward is the guy they really want to play. He's leading off and he's playing a lot since he came up. So if you're in a Joe Adele person who enjoys Mr. Adele, I might try to move away from him in redraft and even in dynasty because Brandon Marsh could Marsh be off. the guy Marsh that is, goes back Marsh down. Is, Marsh is off to a good start, though. Marsh isn't going no, anywhere. Yeah. Oh, he's all right. He's I mean, yeah. Adele's all right, too. Adele had the grand slam on Sunday, and his numbers are okay. That he's not. None of these guys are trash. It's just what are the intentions of the team, Deary? And right now the intentions seem to be very clear that Taylor Ward is a guy they want yeah. to play every day, which is a sacrifice of either Adele or Marsh, and that's a problem. And we need to be aware of that, and I really want to keep tabs on it because I don't think this Ward thing is a fluke. He had a double-dog game a couple nights ago, and he can hit, and he can steal bags, too. He can do it all. Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele are talented players in their own right, so they have a really nice situation here, which I think needs to be cleared up with a trade, and that needs to be a trade for pitching because if this team wants to go far, they need more pitching and maybe a defensive player to mix in later on because their offense is looking pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the issue is Marsh and Adele struggle against left-handers, and this is why Taylor Ward is going to play every single day, and the fact that he's at the top of the lineup is great. What's your concern level on Otani as a hitter right now? Oh, it's nothing. I, I saw him last night. He he took a, a hit right up the middle. He pulled, he pulled the hands back, and he just did a base hit up the middle, got on base, and then Mike Trout drove him in with the double, so... I, I am not worried in the least. He could have shitty numbers right now, and I, I wouldn't care at all. I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, I th- he almost fell down on one of his swings and misses last night, but when he <laughs> makes contact, he contact, he absolutely smokes the ball. You're never going to get great batting average from him. I think as it starts to heat up a little bit, he's going to start putting it over the fence. He does have three steals as well. It's just the batting average has just been atrocious so far. Um, I, I wasn't it's, he, I wasn't huge on him. him. I wasn't huge on him going into the season. I kind of avoided him in all leagues. Really? Um, yeah, I, re- I really did. Cause I, I just feel like 
you're not going to get a re repeat of what he did last last year. Last year was just absolutely legendary. So I was just trying to figure like that's the ceiling. What is the floor that we can get from him? We're probably going to end up seeing the floor this year. It's not going to be as bad as it was, you know, a couple of years ago when he was, you know, almost droppable in leagues because he batted he was batting under 200 for most of the season. Oh, yeah, so. that was the bozo season. So who cares? Yeah, yeah. I, I always dismiss the 2020 short bozo season, but you're right. That's fair. That's a good point. That's you should always look at. Hey, if this player is at this point, is it the apex? I just don't think it's Otani's apex. I really didn't. I think there's a better <laughs> batting. I think there's more of a batting average that could have come out of last year. Mm -hmm. That that was that has some room to grow. I really believe that, mm -hmm. based on what we've seen from him and the pitching. Depending what type of format you're in, the pitcher mm -hmm. looks really good right out the gate. Which is, I mean, obviously pitching's dominant, so that's not the most important part of his profile, but. We'll see. I'll, I'll give a fair point. I'll, I'll keep an eye on Tony, but I have no doubts right now. I love him. I want to have him everywhere all the time, and that doesn't always work out that way because he was a top 10 pick. <laughs> You're just in love, year. man. You're in love. You can't leave You're in love, you love with the boy. Yeah, well, just remember. It's going to be May. So he could have a big month of May. Stay tuned on the the offensive side of the ball. Okay, a couple other quick names here. CJ Crone's crushing the ball. He's got six home runs already. He's got a 310 OBP. It's not dominant, but uh, he looks to be locked in on the baseball. And when he's at Coors, Coors, he's smoking the ball. In fact, he's smoking the ball everywhere. It doesn't really seem yeah. to be an issue regardless. Uh, CJ Crone, is this the guy who's going to hit 40 home runs this year? And are you buying in? Like, give me more. Give me more CJ Crone. It, it's just health for him. Uh, when he's been able to play, he's consistently been able to put the ball out of the park and going to to Colorado has been the best thing for him. That's why a lot of people were buying in on him last year and then he got hurt. Uh, but yeah, I think there's certainly the opportunity for him to go 35 plus if he's healthy all year. And Colorado's offense has been good. I mean, Connor Joe leading off has been really, really nice for them. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Love Connor Joe. Love him so much. So good. If you guys, everybody should be picking up Connor Joe, get him everywhere. I don't Two care what. <laughs> yeah. No, you'd be yeah. too late now. <laughs> well, in some of these leagues where people were suspect and they were like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. It might be too late, but I still want to strongly push that this is not a fluke. What Connor Joe is doing. I talked about him in my uh, baseball fantasy baseball confidential, which I write once a week on fantraxhq.com. You can read it. It covers a bunch of stuff from last week and the week to come and just random musings like we're doing here. And I said that, you know, that I did a quote from Bud Black. He loves Connor Joe. He was great. It wasn't just like some bullshit service lip service. Like, Oh yeah, we really like him. He's a part of our team. Blah, blah, blah. It was, we we're really lucky to get this guy. He's really good. He's undervalued, and we, he's a big part of what we're trying to do here. And he leads off. He's their leadoff hitter. In a This is a potent lineup, a leadoff hitter every day. It's not a platoon leadoff. This guy's in the lineup all the time. So get your – he crushed the first pitch of the game. I turned on MLB TV on Monday night. It was the first game at 640 or, or wherever it was. Corbin Burns had started, and then their game started between the Phillies and the Rockies. And uh, the announcer goes, all right, well, here we go. Kyle Gibson's fourth start of the season. Here we go. Swing and a long drive, home run. The first pitch of the game, Kyle Gibson serves up a shitty sinker, and Connor Joe crushed it to left field the Citizens Bank Park. It was great. And I just love watching this guy play. He's got a he's got a nice, tight, compact stroke. And he can move. He can steal 10 bases easy. He can hit for power. He can hit for average. It's Coors Field. That's going to be great. I just don't see any negatives here with Connor Joe. They want him to play where he plays in the lineup and what he can do with everything on the baseball field. I'm in. 
Yeah, I, I I love it. There was concern of of playing time at the start of the season, and then Ramel Tapia gets traded, and it's like, okay, it's Connor Joe time, and him at the top of that lineup and an offense that seems to always be able to put up numbers. Like, it's great. If he, if he is still available in your league, please go scoop him up. Most people started picking him up in the last couple of weeks, but maybe some of those shallower leagues, maybe, you know, a 10-12 team, I still think he has a lot of value in leagues like that as well. I was wrong about Wander Franco. Wander Franco is a top 20 fantasy asset. He is. I agree. I agree. I was I, wrong. I, I'm yeah, an idiot. I, what, 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 why? So th- I, I was talking to, to a buddy about this the other day. I was all over him. I liked him in, you know, fifth, sixth round. I was like, seems, seems great. I only got a couple shares of him, but I was all about it. And the powers. I'm here. an idiot. Yeah. A, a, a lot of people were, were just saying fine player, but you know, maybe yes. seventh, eighth round. I, I saw him as a they guy. Were saying he was a, a fantasy player. They were saying he was a great real-life player but wasn't a great fantasy player. And that was stupid. I just followed the hurt on that one. I'm coming clean. I'm coming out of the closet right now. I just listened to other people on Franco like, oh, well, it must be the case. And I didn't do enough of my own research. It was stupid. It was stupid because he mashes the ball. Yeah, he has power. Yeah, the concern was is that he wasn't going to be able to hit for power. And I'm like, the underlying stats, when he hits the ball, he smokes it. So – Unless it's like a launch angle issue, like I, I, I thought for sure, twenty plus home runs is doable this year for him. Ten stolen bases is doable, and he's going to bat over three hundred, and he's not going to strike out. Yep, yeah, I'm a moron. He's got six I, I, home runs. He looks great. He's got the pop. He's got six home runs. Yeah. Oh no, four, four f- home runs. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Oh boy. He's got four. But it doesn't matter. You're right. He smacks the shit out of the ball, and he can move, and he has such confidence to the plate. Remember that he's. He's 21. He's a tw- he just turned 21 and he looks like he's 27 years old. When you watch him play, it's like, damn, this guy just he is baseball. He's what you want in a baseball player. He's confident and he's ready to swing and he's smart too though. He's not just a free-swinging Vlad Guerrero senior type. I love it and I'm just totally wrong about it. I was wrong. I wish I would have gotten more of him. I did get him in Glarf only because he dropped and I'm like, "Well, I'm going to mm-hmm. take a shot." And I that, I lucked out on that. So. Yeah, I mean, he's got like one sort of plate discipline, yet his his walks aren't uh, where they should be. I think it will rise yeah. up. It's only a 2% right now. I think it'll be closer to 10, but he's not going to strike out at all. And mm-hmm. I mean, if he can continue, just hit the ball. I mean, it's the stolen bases. If he can steal double-digit bags, which I think he probably can. He can. I think ten. I think ten steals is definitely in play. Of course, it's all about context and circumstance. And this is not reactionary. This is not like, whoa. I just really like what I'm seeing, and I'm completely changing my tune. I've been watching a lot of his play, and I mm-hmm. I, I was wrong. Uh, another guy who, once upon a time, he was a big, big prospect. He was like one of the most exciting prospects in 2015. I know 2014. You're you do know what I'm talking about. You're talking, about JP? you're talking about JP Crawford. No, I'm not. I'm actually talking oh, about okay. Jock Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson, he was a huge, like, when he was coming up with the Dodgers, like, dude, this guy's going to be amazing. He was he in the home pan- run derby. Remember that? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I do. I do remember that. He didn't pan out to be this guy because he struck out too much, and he started to become a platoon player. But something may have happened when he was on that run with the Braves last year, won a World Series, and now he's with the team, the San Francisco Giants. They're just fucking wizards. They, they're incredible. They're warlocks. They just know what to do. They have these secret recipes and all this shit behind the scenes they're doing. Farhan Zaidi is the fucking ultimate 
Massive genius. He's a massive genius among all the geniuses in baseball, in my opinion, because they get so much out of all these guys. You're like, who the mm -hmm. fuck is this? And right now, Jock Peterson, I think i got to change my tune. I think this is really in play, a 35 home run plus season with a lot of opportunities to fill. I'm Seriously, I really, I'm seeing it that way now. He, he looks he's not, good. He's not going to play against left-handers, though. You don't so, think so? What? No, he's not going to play against left-handers. So in your weekly lineup leagues, just look to see. I think this week he's facing no lefties. So like he he's a play. That's true. That's fair. So you think? Okay, well I've got to look at the game log here to verify this because I feel like he's been playing consistently, but maybe it's because it's been all righties, and this is where you got to do your homework. That's a fair point. He's so he is start. He's starting tonight. He played. He played last night, went 0 for 2, good for him. But uh, he had three home runs over the last three days, which is fun. Mm -hmm. And he's hitting leadoff. That was the other thing, too. That's They're putting crazy. him number one mm -hmm. in a lineup that knows how to drive in runs, which I find interesting. Uh, he sat two times over the last 10 days. A uh, game okay. against Washington on April 22nd and a post well, a postponement on April 18th. So he's been in the lineup almost nonstop over the last 10 days, but I'd have to check how many of those were lefties and which weren't you're right he has, that's a fair he has point three at bats against lefties this year he's one for three one strikeout <laughs> okay well does he have plate appearances he have any walks because uh, i'm hoping maybe there's a few more plate no, appearances in no. there. three three plate appearances shit okay well all right that's a dearie this is why we do this show you got to call me out and i really just started to like what i saw and i haven't seen enough i do look at the the lineups and the you know, people who are the opposing pitchers. That's important, yeah. of course, but I, I guess that one got over me. So, all right, fair enough. We'll close it still, out there. I, I, I still, I still like the player though. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think <laughs> he's hot right now too, though. And he, one thing we know about Jack Peterson is he will cool down. So I might've actually just gotten too caught up all of a sudden. I think I'm actually glad that we brought this up because now I have a reality check and that's why the show is great because we get, Differing opinions, like Deary, he thinks one thing, I'll think another thing. Sometimes we'll agree, and you guys could chime in the live chat. We love having you guys be a part of the show. We hope that you learned something from this episode. We kind of just did a free form, wanted to get a show on the record. Uh, we'll try to get a consistent schedule down here. We're kind of sporadic and crazy right now. It's just like the early part of the year, you know? Who knows what will happen next? But we'll try to lock down more consistency. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Plazo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, of course. Utah. Easy to do. Give me two. Follow Mr. Deary, C. Deary1999 on Twitter. Please do that. You can follow me, MJ Govier. Hit me up on anything of note. Uh, and that'll do it. Patreon. Discord. The Discord's free. Get your asses on that Discord. It's a lot of fun. And until then, until the next show, because even when we're not doing a show every day, the Discord is bumping every day. Yeah. So if you don't even see us live, you can talk to us and other people in the Discord 24-7. So it, just because you don't see a show on the YouTube or on the podcast feed, there's other things going on, especially on the Patreon, too. So check it all out, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers and they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. 
And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.